there are three types of uh, karmic aftermath that uh, continues after the end of the revealing form, the compulsive revealing form of our action. So these uh, forms of uh, karmic aftermath continue as part of our mental continuum. So we have, uh, first of all, uh, karmic force or karmic potential, two different ways of referring to the same thing. That's usually translated as merit and perhaps sin or something like that, but those are really uh, not very appropriate terms. They're borrowed from Western religions and uh, really uh, don't fit the definitions. Then uh, we have uh, uh, karmic tendencies that uh, literally means uh, seeds of karma. And then we have constant karmic habits. So this gets a little bit uh, complicated, of course, as most topics in Buddhism do. So let's look first at karmic force or karmic potential. Uh, I use the two different terms depending on uh, what we are trying to explain about them. So from the point of view of it uh, being the force resulting from the karmic pathway of the karmic actions is a karmic force. It's a force that follows from the action. And uh, karmic potential is looking at it from the point of view of it being a potential to bring about a result. So for, to make it a little bit easier to discuss, let's just uh, call it by one term, karmic potential. So karmic potential is always either destructive or a tainted constructive uh, phenomenon. So there's positive karmic potential, that's what's usually translated as merit, and negative karmic potential, sometimes translated as sin, right? But uh, in any case, uh, there are various reasons for not choosing the uh, usual terminology, but I think the force and potential describes much better uh, what's going on without any sort of moral judgments and uh, guilt and, you know, merit, I've earned something, I'm so wonderful, this type of thing. It makes uh, for much more neutral terminology. So karmic potential is always either destructive or tainted constructive. And uh, there are uh, uh, two aspects of it for physical and verbal karma, but only one aspect for mental karmic acts. So we have a karmic force as a form of physical phenomenon and karmic force as a, an imputation. Let's just put it more simply like that. So this is for physical or verbal acts. And uh, the form of physical phenomenon is our old friend, the compelling non-revealing form. So that dynamic karmic energy of a destructive or a tainted constructive physical or verbal action acts as or serves as a karmic potential for uh, future ripening, for future things that will come from it, like repeating the action. So mental karmic actions don't have these doesn't have uh, a karmic potential in the form of a physical phenomenon because it doesn't have a non-revealing form. 
So it starts with our initiating or starting any physical or verbal karmic pathway, and it continues until after we've finished the action, any action, physical or verbal, and it continues until we stop ever committing that action again. So it will uh, continue, let's say, so long as we take, if it's in terms of a constructive type of behavior, that uh, we keep a vow, for example, to refrain from some naturally destructive action, like killing, or a prescribed, uh, a, an action which was prescribed by Buddha for certain people, like eating after noon for monks or nuns. So it continues so long as we don't stop continuing the action. In other words, uh, if we say, I'm, you know, this is stupid, I give up the vow, then you don't have this uh, karmic force anymore, this positive karmic force. Right? I uh, didn't uh, say that correctly. It's that we no longer have the karmic force as a form of physical phenomenon. That non-revealing form undergoes a phase transition like ice to water, and now becomes a, uh, an imputation. Karmic potential, that's an imputation. I'll explain what that means. So, same thing with a negative vow. That, uh, you know, so long as I stay in the army, I have this vow that I'm going to shoot the enemy. But uh, if we, uh, uh, that non-revealing form is going to continue so long as we continue repeating that action, but if we stop repeating it, we say, you know, I'm not going to shoot people anymore, then that non-revealing form, that dynamic, the dynamic energy will change into a, comic, a karmic force, a potential, which is an imputation. So there was a karmic force all along, karmic potential, but it's a different type, no longer a form of energy in a sense. So the uh, karmic potential, which is an imputation, it's a non-static phenomenon that changes from moment to moment, and it's neither a form of physical phenomenon or a way of being aware of something. Uh, the technical term is a non-congruent affecting variable, which is a horrible technical term. But uh, that's literally what it is. It is not congruent. In other words, it doesn't share five things in common with the ways of being aware of things that it accompanies. But there's no need to go into that. We'll just uh, make things more complicated. So let's just leave it as a non-static imputation. And it's not a way of being aware of something. It's not a uh, form of physical phenomenon. So what is it? So these non-static Non-static means it changes from moment to moment from a, uh, uh, they can be known non-conceptually. It's not something conceptual. Sautrantica's system would describe it as objective reality. They're objective things. You can see them. Some of them you can see. So we have, uh, and what they are is basically a, uh, on the basis of one or more of the components of a continuum on which they occur, the imputations on that, and they are a synthesis over several moments of that continuum. That's a lot of words, I'm sorry. 
you have a continuum, moment to moment to moment, sequence of something, and an imputation, you know, that's a basis, and an imputation is on that basis, it's a synthesis of the whole thing. So it could be moment to moment to moment, like a mood. A mood is a synthesis of a whole series of moments which you feel different things. So there, a mood is a way of being uh, an imputation, that's a way of knowing something. Or it could be a whole imputed on parts, like a chess game imputed on all the moves. I saw the football game. What did you see? Well, you just saw one moment at a time, but nevertheless, we say, as a synthesis of that, we saw the football game. It wasn't just in our imagination, conceptual. We actually saw the game, objective reality. And uh, likewise, an object. I just see a colored shape. There's a better one. I see a colored shape of this piece of fruit. Well, the fruit is not just a colored shape. There's also a taste, there's also a smell, there's also a physical sensation when I hold it in my hand. So the common sense object, this piece of fruit, is a synthesis of the information of all those, you know, different senses. Isn't it? But I only know one sense at a time, maybe a two at a time. Well, Okay, so there are some syntheses, some imputations that are forms of physical phenomenon or ways of being aware of something, but then there are some which are neither of those two. Uh, but they are objective facts, like age, right? That's over a sequence of having been alive a certain number of moments, then there's an age. Or speed, you know, an object is here, and then it's here, and then it's here, and then it's here, and so there's speed, it's moving. That's an imputation on a, a synthesis of what's going on over a series of moments. Or number in a sequence, or order in a sequence. This is the third lecture, lecture number three of today. Actually, it's number four. No, it's number three. <laughs> right? That's an imputation of where it is in the sequence, the order. It's not a form of physical phenomenon. It's not a way of being aware of something. It's number three out of three, but I could add another lecture and then it changes to be number three out of four. It was, it was the last lecture of the day, but then it could be the next to the last lecture of the day, so it could change. So karmic force or karmic potential is like age or speed. They're an imputation or a synthesis over a sequence of similar occurrences. Lied today, lied you know, yesterday, lied the day before. Synthesis over the whole thing is that there's a potential, there's a certain force that's there. There'll be a potential to repeat it. It's a so pattern, in a sense. Right? We can know it through a category of what type of behavior it is, but the pattern itself is a non-static phenomenon. It can get stronger, it can weaker. And then we have a network of karmic potential, the so-called collection of karmic force, the collection of merit. 
because uh, all the different aspects of it network with each other and reinforce each other. It's not just a collection of individual stamps in an album. So the network is a synthesis. Network of karmic potential is a synthesis of the two types of karmic potential, the non-revealing form and the one that is by itself a potential, uh, an imputation. So you put the two together and because one of them is an imputation, you have to say that the network of the two together is an imputation, cool, part cool. of the principles of, of Buddhist logic. So the karmic potential, either destructive or tainted constructive. Tainted means it's mixed with ignorance, with grasping for true existence. Then we have karmic, so uh, mental karma only has the network of imputations, Physical and verbal has a network of both the non-revealing forms and the imputations. But we also have karmic tendencies, and karmic tendencies or seeds are also non-static imputations, neither form of physical phenomenon nor way of being aware of anything, and they are unspecified. Karmic potentials are destructive or tainted constructive. The tendencies are unspecified. Buddha didn't specify that they were constructive or destructive, they could go either way. So our unspecified actions, like eating at one o'clock, because that's the way that I am, and I always eat my lunch at one o'clock, that will not have as an aftermath a karmic potential, but it will have a karmic tendency to eat again at one o'clock. It's unspecified. So unspecified, so all three types of uh, uh, karmic behavior, destructive, constructive, unspecified, will have a tendency. But only the, the constructive and destructive will have a potential. And uh, it's not only uh, karmic behavior that has tendencies as its aftermath, so do our disturbing emotions, so do all the mental factors. Cool. Tendency to get angry, a tendency to be compassionate, and the reason why we make this differentiation of karmic potentials that are forms of physical phenomenon, karmic potentials that are imputations, and two of those are destructive and constructive, and then you have the <laughs> tendencies that are uh, um, unspecified is because of the very complex analysis of cause and effect and what can be the, the, the cause of something else and the six different types of causes and the different types of results that they can give. It's a very, very complex presentation. And in order to account for what we experience, nothing arises from just one cause. It arises, many things arise at the same time, and all of the parts come from different causes, different potentials, different tendencies, etc not all the chittimatra, that it all comes from one seed of, you know, karma. Right? All these components come from their own tendencies which have different strengths and are going to be triggered by different things. It's not so simple that everything just comes bam, you know, in one package. So we've done a certain type of uh, action and afterwards a physical or verbal one. So we have a Non-revealing form, and we so some dynamic energy, and we have a which serves as a potential, 
and we have a potential, which is an imputation, and we have a tendency. Now, all of those are adding on to what we've had before, because there's no beginning. So it's not as though we've stolen or helped somebody for the first time. So depending on the strength of the motivation and how frequently we've done it, 13 different factors, it's going to you know, strengthen to different degrees that accumulation of these three factors. The dynamic energy, the potential, which is an imputation, and the tendency. And if we give up or lose that non-revealing form, that dynamic energy, it just turns into more potential. So it just sort of blah, you know, falls into that other category. All three of these uh, type of aftermath, the dynamic energy, the uh, potential, which is just an imputation, and the karmic tendency are going to give results intermittently. Intermittently means sometimes. This is also the case with uh, tendencies of the mental factors. We don't kill every single moment of our existence. We don't, uh, you know, um, help others every single moment of our existence. We don't eat every single moment of our existence. We don't get angry every single moment of our existence, only sometimes. So that means that's, they ripen intermittently at some times, depending on conditions that will trigger them. But then we have something called a constant karmic habit. Uh, the last form of a karmic aftermath. And this gives rise to its result every single moment, not intermittently. That's why I call it constant karmic habit. And what it gives rise to is our limited awareness. Uh, the term sentient being actually is someone with a limited awareness. A Buddha is not a sentient being. So someone, limited awareness means not omniscient. We don't know everything simultaneously. So sometimes I describe that as periscope, periscope vision, like in a submarine, just looking through, you know, one little hole, you know, at the top of a periscope. So you see, the problem of limited awareness is a hardware problem. The hardware, you know, we can only see through these two holes in the front of our head. We can't see through the back of our head. Our brain is limited. We can't understand everything. We can understand a little bit more than a fly, which has even more of a hardware problem, because in that life it has a fly brain. So limited awareness is a hardware problem of the physical body. That's why you want to have a body of a Buddha that doesn't have that sort of problem. So as long as we are, you know, knowing things through this limited hardware, we're going to have limited awareness. That's, that's you know, the, the big problem. We're not a Buddha. I mean, that's a very helpful way of looking at our body and our brain as limited hardware. It wears out, you know, it has an expiration date, and we don't even know what that expiration date will be, but it will expire like the bottle of milk. <laughs> very limited. Helps not to have so much attachment. 
And together with that limited awareness, you know, that's preventing us from being omniscient, is that uh, the mind makes things appear to be self-established, you know, to be truly existent. That's, that's why our, our awareness, that's part of being limited, you know, of having that periscope vision. We can't see the interconnectedness of absolutely everything. Everything seems disconnected, self-established by itself because of the hardware problem. So that covers the karmic aftermath. There's karmic potential, karmic tendencies, and constant karmic habits. One aspect of the karmic potential, when we're talking about physical or verbal actions, the aftermath of that is a form of physical phenomenon. All the others are imputations. Okay, so I think that is enough for today. Tomorrow we'll continue with uh, karmic results, and then we will uh, see how uh, um, all these aspects of the at karmic actions and karma and the aftermath and the results, how they distribute among the five aggregates, and then the relationship of me with the five aggregates. Then you understand you know, the relationship between me and karmic cause and effect. When you understand the relation of me with that, then the whole issue of blame becomes irrelevant. So we think whatever positive force, whatever understanding has come from this, may it go deeper and deeper and act as a cause for everyone, not just me, but everyone to achieve the enlightened state of a Buddha for the benefit of us all. It's important when we make a dedication that we dedicate it not just for me, but for everybody. Like uh, in the... Uh, uh, chapter 10 of Bodhicharya Avatara of uh, Shantideva, engaging in bodhisattva behavior, where he makes the dedication. It's dedication for everybody, not just me, me, me. I want to attain enlightenment to hell with everybody else. Okay, thank you.